Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. DK Manny. Manny. Yo. Scoop B Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bond said, yo. The best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the words of Scoop. The business, he show you the proof. If Scoop B said, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment, he give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews, he give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast, the joint and the journalist, the goat. So why ask? Watch out, if watch out. About it, if he naming them, ScoopB.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it go. Enough of this talking. This is Scoop B Radio. You're listening to Scoop B Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. At Scoop B. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. On the plane, on the train, at the crib. Everywhere you need to be, I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoopy, Instagram and Snapchat. No, that's good. Make sure you subscribe to the Scoopy Radio Podcast on all podcasting platforms. And on the line right now is the second overall pick in the 1991 NBA Draft, Lefrak City's finest, Kenny Anderson. Kenny, what's going on? What's going on, Scoop? What's up, man? Man, quarantine. What about you? Yeah, quarantine the same. Just sitting there, Nashville with the family, stuck in the house. You know, we we go, we do a little exercise on our track at this, and then we just bring it in. Then we in the house, you know. So we just waiting for waiting for it to be over. Kenny Anderson is the head coach of Fisk University basketball. On the line, you talk about working out and getting on the track. I've got a question, and and I think you are more than qualified to answer this question uh, within the current state of the NBA. Does this coronavirus and this stoppage remind you of the first lockout back in the 90s? Scoop B Radio. Uh, yeah, a little bit, you know. Now, now you're just dealing. You're not dealing with so much basketball. You're dealing with just life in general, you know. Life mm-hmm. in general, you know, your family and everything like that. 
you know, uh, you got to pause and, and, and check it out. You know, it's, it's not just sports. It's, it's everything sure. now. So that's what life is about. And, and it's real serious, and we got to take it serious. What your school, um, Fisk University, shut down. Yeah. Like, what what kind of things are you doing? Or, or is it a text message exchange with the team? Like, how do you keep the guys motivated and moving? So, I, I, right now, I'm, I'm talking to each of them over the phone. And now we're going to do the Zoom. We're going to do Zoom. You know, um, once a week we're gonna do Zoom and just try to reach out and 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 see and see phone conferences and things of that nature and just see if these guys. Um, you're working out, you know, you can always, you can always work out on your body and things like that at home and, and get things, you know, squared away with your body. So we're going to we're gonna see. And my trainer is putting some stuff together for them also. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I want to, I want to circle back. We talked about the lockout yeah. and I, and I, uh-huh. I remember that as clear as day. You guys were sometimes doing a back to back to back. Yeah. Um, games uh, back then. Um, what were the conversations like during the lockout with players? Like, what were the, were people hanging out? Were people like, what were the conversations like back in the nineties during the lockout? Well, that's when I first, you know, I saw it different. Me personally, I, I thought, you know, it was going to be. I thought I could handle it, be the same, but it, it just couldn't be that way. I had to work out extremely hard, and, and I didn't. And um and I and I paid for it, you know, um with hamstring problems and things of that nature and just just working out, man. It was it was it was tough. It was tough on the body and um, you know, getting back into shape after a strike, it could be real it could be real um real trying for you if you don't know that 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 it's coming, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, eating and everything gotta be on point. And if it's not then you it's really and the, and the two teams I guess the guys that handled it most was San Antonio Spurs and the Knicks because <laughs> they was in the championship that that time uh, and they handled mm-hmm. it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Avery Johnson hit that big time shot and Lavelle yeah. Sprewell and and yeah. Marcus Camby yeah. uh, lived their best life on that next on that next squad. Yeah. Kenny Anderson, 1994 NBA All-Star, on the line with the Scoop at BU Radio Podcast. New York City basketball legend, Georgia Tech legend, uh, talking everything basketball. Kenny, when you look at uh, the Nets, you and I spoke during the offseason when Kevin Durant and the Kyrie Irving signed with the team. and Kevin Durant chose your number seven. And the number you wore with the Nets when they were in New Jersey. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar recently uh, said that if he had to play in this era of basketball, um, he would love to play with Kevin Durant because he draws the double team, and so did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the post. Um, if KD played in your era in the '90s, what would that look like? Well, I think it would be the same for him. You know, he's just a talented brother that could score, he could put the ball on the floor, and he's seven feet tall, so he's he's, he's multiple. He's he's so talented, man. And that's what he, he can pass, he can shoot, he can he can lay it up, he can do whatever, he can do it all. He's just a, he he's just he's one of those uh, dominant roughs. He, he's a great player. What do you think uh, when the NBA season does resume next season? Uh, 
What do you think of the adjustment uh, period between he and Kyrie uh, starting off fresh? Is that going to be an adjustment period in year one for the two of them on the floor together? No, I don't think so because um, Kyrie, you know, experienced it with Boston, experienced it with Cleveland. Um, I think he's going to be able to play with uh, uh, Kevin Durant because he experienced it with uh, Golden State, played with some great players. So, uh, the Nets, the Nets gonna look beautiful, man. I, I'm excited, you know, for the for the season with um with, with with Kyrie and Kevin Durant running the show and and but but the Nets they're gonna have to find those pieces that's gonna fit in with them, and then that that's where they're gonna that's where they're gonna shine. What are they missing? I don't. They're not missing anything at this moment because they got um. The big guy, um, um, I, I forget his name. Um, Jared Allen, are you talking about Claxton? Claxton, no, 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 not them, but the guy, the big guy uh, from the DeAndre Clippers. Jordan. Um, yeah, Jordan's going to be there. And, and they're going to, they're gonna, man, they got some talent. They got some talent with those two guys. They just got to, you know, find a way to, 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 to mesh. They got to find a way to mesh. If they can find a way to mesh, they'll be fine. They'll be, they're gonna they're gonna be one of the top teams in the East. You were the youngest player in the NBA in NBA history in your rookie year um, to average seven points, two rebounds, and three point two assists per game. And then in your second season, you nearly doubled your point rebound and assist averages. In your third season, you averaged eighteen point eight points and nine point six uh, assists per game. Uh, and you and Derek Coleman uh, represented uh, the East squad in the 1994 NBA All-Star game. For those who paid attention to the Nets in the 90s, you guys were like a, a, a young squad that had a lot of potential. You had anybody from yourself, Derek Coleman, to Kevin Edwards, to Benoit Benjamin, to Jason Williams, Dwayne Synthesis. Why was it so difficult for you guys to mesh and take it to the next level? I you know, you had some growing pains with everybody. Everybody you just named were great players, but everybody was growing. Uh then Drazen Petrovic came in and I thought we had a we we had a great threesome, you know, with myself, Drazen Petrovic, Derek Coleman, but you know, he passed away and it kinda hurt, you know, the organization and you know, um it just the ownership was it wasn't bad, but the ownership was seven seven owners. It's just tough, man, to, to to mesh with seven owners and getting the job and getting it getting it getting it done, you know. But um, New Jersey for me was um was a starting point for me, and I, I always remember all the best times there. And I love playing for New Jersey, and you know, I don't really look at the past. You know, you can always look at it and say, you know, hey, this, that, and the other. What about this? What is this? Way? Hey, it, it it didn't happen, so you got to move yeah. on from it. But the positive things of it was always a blessing. I, I learned the NBA game, you know, um, playing with the New Jersey Nets. It was awesome. Drazen Petrovic, I heard this story. I had the voice of NBA Jam on the Scoopy Rock podcast, uh, yeah. Scoopy Radio podcast over the spring. And he talked about how um, there was like this, this, this thing where it was in a book where the, the NBA Jam game would say Petrovic, Petrovic, yeah. Petrovic over and over and over again on the <laughs> yeah. game. Drazen was like ahead of his time. Um, from your perspective, um, what was he like? Like, like people compare his work ethic to Michael. Was it there? 
Uh, yeah, it was there by far. You know, he was playing in Portland. He played him. He started his career in Portland, where he didn't play a lot. You know, they brought him over, and then he went to New Jersey, where we needed him, and he really produced and he played extremely well. Um, but his work ethic was he was tough. He's always in, in the gym early, out late, worked extremely hard on his body. Uh, he just was a great man. We, we, we I, you know, if I guessed it, we was going to do some work before he passed. You know, if he passed, if he wouldn't have passed away. You know, that year, if they would have brought me, him back, Derek Coleman, and we was going to do some work. I, I already know that because everybody right. was, you know, uh, everybody was um, determined to really put forth a great effort. And we knew how hard the East was with Jordan. But, you know, we, we couldn't, you know, because he, he passed away in a car accident. But his work ethic was extremely, um, it, it was great. It was awesome. I guess my, they often said that Michael Jordan and um, Jason Petrovich would go head to head or go go toe to toe, and their level of competitiveness was there. I don't know how to say it any other way. I've heard stories. I was a little young. I hear Gary Payton was a big trash talker. Yeah. I hear Reggie Miller was a trash talker. I can't say it any other way but this, Kenny. How much shit did Jason Petrovich talk on the basketball court? He talked. He talked. He talked a lot. You know, he was. He was. He was on it. But it just. It's, it's just different, man. He was a different type of dude. Uh, I really couldn't tell you. You know, um, uh, he 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 talked a lot. He talked a lot of trash when he when he played against Vernon Maxwell. I think he got his career high against Houston Rockets. And him and Vernon Maxwell was about to fight. But it was it was crazy, man. I I really didn't know how much he talked. I know what he said when he talked, but he, I know he was talking a lot. And he talked a lot of, you know, coercion. You know, he really didn't understand it. I, I know I did. Yeah. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Did he speak English? Yes, he spoke English. He spoke English. Um, and he, he was over here for a while. Like I said, he was in Portland and New Jersey. And uh, he, he, he spoke English. He spoke English. And his, his uh, girlfriend that worked at Hula Hands, you know, right, right from, right down the road from the arena. Secaucus, right? Uh, Secaucus, yeah. Secaucus lives, you know, that's the one that was in the car with him, you know, and she, yeah. you know, you, it's crazy. She survived and um, he passed away. So it was really, it was really tough on her, tough, tough on her, you know, um, it was crazy, man. When I look at today's NBA, um, Joel Embiid uh, is literally, um, the, the power forward who's considered the big man that has crafty footwork, can take the jumper, can 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 post you at times, and just had synergy with the point guard position uh, that is to, uh, Ben Simmons. When you um, look at your former Nets teammate, Derek Coleman, yeah. um, do you see any similarities between he and Joel Embiid? Yeah, I, I, you know, I just was talking to him, did a bunch of interviews and, Derek Coleman was the best player I ever played with in my career. You know, uh, at 6'10", he could do everything, period. And Joe um, B could do basically everything. Now, you know, w- now what the game needs, he has to he has to figure that out. Certain games need him for inside play. You got to get away from shooting dribbles. You got to be demanding. You know, he, 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 he calls double teams. You got to go down there and get it. Derek Coleman did those things, you know, making making him rookie of the year, and um, and the playoffs, and he did them when he when he when he had no choice. But Derek Coleman is one that one of the top, I I would say, you know, top four that ever played the game. 
you um back in the nineties, um you did not want to go to the Toronto Raptors after they acquired you from the Portland Trailblazers. I remember there was rumors back in the late nineties with Kendall Gill and the Toronto Raptors and uh he made it known he didn't want to go because the taxes in Toronto were too high. I yeah, was that, was, that was the only reason. Yeah, that was the only was that reason. The only reason why? That was the only reason. So people want to, you know, discuss stuff and everything. That, at that time, they had to pay two tax, double taxes. You had to pay uh, Canada and then U.S. And it, and then we only had like 20-something. We had 20 games left. So I was like, no, nah, I ain't going over there. You know, I'm just not going. You know, that was the only reason. But then that, now I think they got something to do. They 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 change it up where they can um, without taxes. You, you, something something is in there where they could double it or, or something. I forgot, but um, something about taxes that they they could straighten it out. But that's the only reason I didn't play with Toronto is the taxes. Yeah, the but nothing to do with, it was nothing to do with the team. But they they're going to play me. You know, that's what they do. That's what media, and that's what they do. But uh, I just ignored it and, and moved on. Yeah, I always wanted yeah. that. I was like, I yep. remember that was a thing. That was the only thing. Come on, now, why wouldn't I want to play, you know, at, in Toronto? It was a lovely city. <laughs> but it was the taxes. Scoopy ready on the line with Kenny Anderson, a two-time first-team parade All-American in high school, uh, consistent first-team All-American in 1991 in college, uh, with an illustrious career of the Boston Celtics, the New Jersey Nets, the Charlotte Hornets, Portland Trail Blazers. You play with a lot of teams, Seattle Supersonics, New Orleans Hornets, Pacers, mm-hmm. Hawks, Clippers, etc. Yeah, when you yeah when you say that, you got to just put uh, New Jersey, Boston, and Portland. No, eleven strong years. Yeah. And then the other yes, was just I was just hanging on. You know, I was just hanging on, just chilling. <laughs> you know, so I played eleven strong years in the NBA, I like to say. And then uh, you know, um three years of just just hanging on. That's what I was that's what I call it. That's what I tell you. that's real and I'll be honest with you. Was there a a level of um you being a New Yorker Playing in Boston was that weird? It was. It was. I love Boston. Boston. Oh man, I'm glad I had the chance to play in Boston. I love Boston. I love the teams. I love playing there. You, you gotta have some. You gotta have a backbone to play in Boston. You can't mm-hmm. fool those people. You can't fool them. They know. And just like New York, they know. They know. They know. You know, if you're a player, you're not a player. And um, it's just great. You know, um, I wanted to end my career in Boston and. I didn't, but that's that's, that's the life. You played with Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker in Boston. Yeah. I think in today's NBA, duos and trios are a thing. Um, This is social media, so it's it's looked at differently. What was it like stepping on the court with with, uh, Paul Pierce and and, and Antoine Walker back then? Who do they compare to now? I don't, I don't know uh, who they compared to, but it was great, you know, being a point guard, playing with that much, you know, power, you know, for scoring, uh, rebounding. Um, it was it was just great for me to, to, and I'm glad I had the opportunity to play with those guys on a high level. Paul Pierce was just, he was coming in the league, and um, he was a great uh, individual talent. You know, he'd take you to the basket, 
he can shoot the jumper. He can dribble. He can rebound. And, uh, and, and Antoine was both. You know, they, they, they lived in, you know, Antoine lived and died with the three. But, you know, when he was on, he was on. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it was just great, you know, playing with those guys. And I will never forget it, just being, being, um, being the point guard for the team that played with those guys to go to the, um, the Eastern Conference uh, Championship. It was, a great, it was a great experience for me. What was young Paul Pierce like? Because you played with him yeah. early on. Young, young, young Paul Pierce was, he was getting to know himself, getting to know the league. And, and, but, but once you, you could tell that guy's going to be a player. And once he got it, it was, it was over. You know what I'm saying? He was a great talent. And, uh, he's a great player, great teammate. And, uh, he, he's really, he's just a great guy. You know, I love playing with him. He's awesome. What was Noriega like growing up in Lifrak? Uh, Laurie, it just ran around, kick cans, soda cans, you know. <laughs> he, he did, I, you know, I knew, I knew of him, you know, he was little running around and then I knew, you know, in his rap game, it was, it was great, man. It was great to see him blossom as a rapper and now seeing him and it's just awesome, man. Every time I see it, it's just a great, um, a great life, you know, a great life he, 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 he had and, and and now that he's doing the um the, the broadcast is the rap broadcast is is great man everything is just awesome. I was happy that he 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 has that type of life now that type of viewing and people seeing him in, in a different light and it's, it's just great man to see that he comes from my neighborhood so it's awesome. I look at um guys like Nori and guys like yeah. uh, Matt Barnes as well as Stephen Jackson. Yep. Um, as guys who, you know, get instant credibility because they played yep. and now they're doing shows. Yeah. Um, in your era mm-hmm. of basketball, because you got Barnes mm-hmm. and you got Steven Jackson who are, you know, 2000s, yep. late 90s, 2000s guys. Yeah. In your era of basketball, who would be able to do something? Who is the official storybooker or record good keeper of all things <laughs> funny that command that respect? Oh, wow. Oh, my. Uh, let's see. Oh, man. Um, uh, I would, you know, uh, I would say Charles Oakley, you know, play with the Knicks. I think he's, mm-hmm. he's capable of doing that. Charles Oakley. Um, um, that's one guy, Charles Oakley with the Knicks. And um let's see, uh uh Charles Oakley would be say um that's that's about it. That's why that's why I get out of it. You know, Charles Oakley. He's one of those talk the talking guys. He 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 knew what he was talking about. And he knew what he was, um, he'd be fighting, but he knew what he was fighting about, too. <laughs> you know, he was wanting to put them hands on you. No, that's real. You being a native, a New York native, I look at Stephon Marbury, Brooklyn. Yeah. He got the chance to play with the Nets and the Knicks. Um, was your dream to play for the Knicks one day? No, you know, I knew it wasn't going to happen. And I just said, I, I, I love to be over. It was too much pressure. You know, you play with the Knicks. 
you know, too much pressure on you, but I, I knew, you know, playing with the Nets, if I could bring a championship to the organization and, and, and play well, that we was going to get just enough attention. But playing with the Knicks, you know, my mother, my brother, everybody, my family wanted me to play with the Knicks, but it just didn't happen. I didn't really care about it, you know, too much. But uh, it was great playing, you know, for the Nets and New Jersey. It was awesome. It was awesome. From your perspective of the Knicks, what do you think they need to do to bring that 90s excitement and even 70s excitement, if you will, back to the city? What's missing? Nothing, man. I don't care about no Knicks. <laughs> why would you tell? Why would you get on the phone? I don't care about no Knicks. I'm a net, man. But no, uh, man, I just uh, had this uh, argument with, um, you know, another radio uh, guy. But um, I, hey, the Knicks, the owner, the owner has really, has really um, got them, I think, really in, in a dark place right now. I think three, maybe it's going to take four or five years to clean it up. I think, or maybe another. No, 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 maybe another owner because with that thing with um, Oakley, when they when they just, when they started the fight, Bubba, and then they got it, they scored him out, and then they got into it with Spike Lee. It's just, yeah, it's just crazy right now over there with with that team. So I really don't know. You know, it, it's gonna it's gonna take some time to get to get the Knicks. You know, on, and I know I'm from New York, and I know everybody loves the Knicks. But you know, I think the owner maybe if he sells a team, they'll get back on you know the right course. But right now, I think it's I, I think it's, it's it's dead right now. I think it's gonna be dead for a while. While I have you on the line, I have a novel idea. I think that the Nets should offer Spike Lee, a Brooklyn native, season tickets, and he can get his own entrance to the Barclays Center. Would you like to see him as a season yeah. ticket owner in Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. The Knicks, uh, the Nets should think about that. Think about going over to, uh, but I don't know if Spike going to do it because he's a, he's a long-going uh, Knicks fan. He's a New Yorker, and he, I don't think he could bow down to, to the Nets, but he should. He should think about it. You know, man, he's going to watch all the games on the TV now. And and that's fine, but I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's it's tough. Mr. Chibs is on the line, Scoopy Radio, head uh, men's basketball coach at Fisk University. You um last year uh, had a stroke, and yeah. it was publicized. And uh, I'm curious to know, in that process, what things have you changed in your daily routine and health regimen? Well, basically, but I had a stroke. Um, basically, my my memory is, is my wife is getting my memory right for me, and I was I go into Vanderbilt once a week to 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 tune in everything up. Every every um Thursday, I was going before this virus hit. Um, and um, it just was it's just tough, man, remembering. So I have to um, I just had to pray to God and just. Just move on, you know, with with, with and then write everything down, um, and that's what I'm doing now. And uh, it's something new to me. It's new, but but coaching, you know, coaching has, has helped me a great deal in, in this situation. You know, um, it, it's just it's, it's just uh, it's just a it's just a plus. You know, what I mean that I'm 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 living and I'm able to um, uh, get everything that I need and and, and work everything out. Because uh, 
I could have been easy dead, man. And uh, I just thank God, you know, that I'm that I'm that I'm breathing and I'm able to um, come back, come back uh, and coach at Fisk. I lectured uh, a college course, uh, a writing yeah. course, and I had them watch the movie, yeah. the interview, yeah, which detailed Kim Kim Jong Un. In 2014, you mm-hmm. were named to a team assembled by Dennis Rodman as part of the yeah. basketball diplomacy effort in North Korea, uh-huh. with the job of playing an exhibition match against the North Korean senior national team to celebrate the birthday of Kim Jong Un. Million dollar question: What is Kim Jong Un like? Well, I really didn't get to know him. Now it's Dennis' partner. Dennis is really friends with him. He's got to know him. We just shook his hand and things of that nature. I really didn't get to know him, so I really can't say uh, um, uh, uh, about that. It was it was very interesting, you know, moment of going over there. Um, I was doing a, a good friend, Dennis Rodman, uh, uh, opportunity, you know, I, I didn't know. And then when I got over there, I said, oh, wow, I thought we was just going to China. But then, you know, went over there. I didn't do my due diligence. And I, I didn't know. And then we went over there and I just, you know, it was just, it was great. It was great to, 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 to be a part of that, that, uh, that, um, situation. But I'm, 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 I'm just happy for myself that, it, that we was able to get out of there a lot. And nothing jumped off. Yeah, I mean, when I look at the, the documentaries of it, no, that that's fair. Scoopy right on the line with yeah. you talked about yeah. coming out alive. What yeah. was your what was your family's apprehension or your friends' apprehension? It, my family, my my wife, my family was nervous. They was nervous, but it was too late. I was over there. It was too late, so I had to just you know put up with it. And, you know everything. Everybody back home in the States and everything was calling. I, well, I was calling them and it was just, it was just crazy, man. I remember when I got off the plane and everybody I ran to, you know, my, my wife ran over to me and was like hugging me and it was, it was just, it was just nuts. It was nuts, man. It was nuts. How did the fans receive you in North Korea? Fans was great. The fans, they, 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 you know, they received, they, 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 with all of us, they gave us a great, Round of applause and everything. It was just awesome. It was awesome. Fans. Well, they better have clapped. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> they better have clapped. You know what I'm saying? And they clapped for us. It was great, though. Kenny, what can basketball do, uh, particularly in New York City, to have that luster? Because it feels like we're living in the past with – New York City basketball, people that come out the PSAL, uh, you look at yeah. Stevenson, you look at Charles Jenkins, but do you yeah. think that there'll ever be that level of uh, New York City basketball that was the era in which you came from? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, but but who knows? You know, I think a lot of kids are in it, you know, they're going, they're getting the grades, they're going away to these prep schools and things of that nature, and they're getting better educated, you know, that way. So we don't have a lot of our New Yorkers staying in New York. Um, and then in the New Yorkers that are staying, they're doing other things. Uh, they're doing the music. They're doing uh, the politics and things of that nature. So it's, it's um, you know, I think Seattle is, is the ball is at Chicago. Different cities is, is, is beating us right now in ball. But it's, it's, a, it's a thing. You just got to deal with it. But, um, 
you know, we we once had great players that came out of New York, so that's a plus. Kenny, is LeBron James the NBA's MVP at this point in the season? Um, uh, I would, I would, you know, uh, I would uh bet on him of getting it, but the, 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 my guy, you know, guy from um who got it last year, uh, from Giannis. Cleveland, Giannis from um from Milwaukee, you know, it's him or, or, or LeBron, Giannis or LeBron, but you know. Uh, but but I would say, and this is what I said. Um, uh, LeBron is uh, Anthony Anthony Davis is putting up great numbers. He has two superstars on that team, LeBron and himself, and 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 he really. And then Milwaukee, he really doesn't have a real real go to superstar. He's done everything for the team, so it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a push right there. You know what I'm saying? But. I would say, you know, I would because I, you know, I love LeBron and uh, what it what what it meant to basketball, what he meant, what he means to basketball. I love his game. I love everything about LeBron. So I would my bet would go LeBron, but you know, Giannis is right up there. He 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 might he should, he's probably gonna get it, but LeBron is right there. Many people compare, or I've gotten to hear the comparison of uh, Anthony Davis, and some have told me they think that Anthony Davis uh, plays like Tim Duncan because he's fundamentally sound, or he's a more fluid Tim Duncan. Do you see those comparisons? I see them. I see them comparisons, but he steps out and he takes the three now. So that's what's interesting. Scooby you know, Radio. Anthony Davis, I, I don't. Uh, I. I Man, he he's so fluid. He's playing, and and he had the he had the 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 pleasure of of, of shooting up, being you know. I heard he and 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 and, uh, and he was like six two, six two, and then he just shot up six eight, six ten, and then just man, he's about what he's like six ten right now. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's just 10. playing. He's six ten, and and he he's growing. He grew into 6'10", and he can play. He can do everything. And that's what that's what makes him a complete player. He's a great player. He's a great player. And Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan is an awesome player. Uh, so, but that jumper, I think the jump shot, you know, Anthony Davis changes that with the three-point shot. When you look at eras of Nets, uh, I look at your era with you and Derek Coleman, then I look at the era with Sam Cassell, Kendall Gill, Keith Van Horn, and then I look in, in Marbury with the tweener in between there. Then you look at the Jason Kidd era uh, of the Nets. Yeah. The, the Nets have always had good point guards. Uh, yeah. You, Bimbo Coles, uh, Stefan, Jason Kidd, uh, Darren Williams, now Kyrie Irving. Um, where Number one, when the Nets made that run to the finals in 2002 and 2003, did you enjoy watching that? Yeah, I enjoyed watching it. But they, I don't, you know, they, they, they beat us. And in the, in the, when I played with the Celtics, I was frustrated we lost to them. But in a way, I was really happy that they won, you know, because I started my career there. But um, the Nets, I think the Nets, um, under Jason Kidd, played extremely well. But they, ownership did extremely well you know 
See, I think under my, I think our ownership wasn't wasn't great, uh, and I think their ownership was awesome, and it kept them, you know, playing for some years of good basketball, good recruits. They put a great team together, and I don't think Stephon Marbury, Sam Cassell, and they, I don't think the the, the, the organization, you know, put a put good good plays around those guys to to be successful and to be. To, to succeed, but with Jason Kidd, they did. Chuck Daly came to the Nets after yeah, his yeah. time in Detroit. Yeah. What was the late Chuck Daly like? Oh, well, Chuck Daly was my man. Yeah. He was my man. He just knew how to coach far as on um, you know, the the leadership role that he that that his star players, myself and Derek Coleman, he gave us a lot of that leeway to lead the team and um he was he was just great he was just one of those coaches that uh he led he, he led by letting the, the, the two best players lead the team and it, it was great we had a great time with, with chuck but uh, he got frustrated i think with the ownership and he mm. you know and he and he left and he left he re- he, he left the nets but spears uh from yeah. what i I read. I heard this story uh, when Butch Beard took over for uh, Chuck Daly after Chuck Daly left the Nets. Supposedly, you guys were expected to wear suits, and Derek Coleman presented Butch Beard with a blank check. He said, "What's that for?" And he said, "Find me." Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. I, I really didn't hear him <laughs> say that, but you know, it, 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 back then it was a lot of it was a lot of you know finding with the dress code around the league. But they, you know, when guys was all, you know, open with it, they, um, they, they brought it out. You know what I'm saying? They said what they say. You know, it, it right. was, it was interesting. No, it was interesting. No, that's that's Beyonce. I know you are running and doing a lot of things. I'm curious to know. You did a documentary. What's next? Uh, I'm just trying to turn this program around at fifth. Hopefully, hopefully, um. We, you know, I can turn this program around with Fist, and that's what I'm trying to do. It's going to take some time, but uh, the, the kids, the kids are great. I love playing. I love coaching here, and um, you know, um, I love coaching here and playing, uh, coaching here, and hopefully we can get it going. But it's going to take some time. But um, Fist is great, great people here, and um, they deserve great basketball. And hopefully, I can bring it to them. I like it. Mr. Anderson, you are off the hot seat, sir. All right, my man. Brother, thank, thank you. you. Scoop B Radio. What's up? It's Angela Yee, and you're listening to Scoop B Radio. You know, shouts out to Nola, though. You're in. Okay, baby. You know? Like, I ain't gonna say baby. You said that. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Classic. This is David Batty. This is Essence Carson of the New York Liberty. It's your girl, Juicy Jazz, and we are now locked in. To Scoop B Radio. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.